So does anyone need a handout? No, we're still working uh, the 11th chapter, but we should be getting toward the end. Um, so we're st- uh, in the Second Corinthians 11. It's been a few weeks. So next week we'll be out at the park on 4th of July. So if you want to come out to the park and share the gospel, we'll be out at uh, out by the caboose. And so that'll be a good time. Amy will be with me. Oops. And uh, <clears throat> we got Johns and Romans. We got tracks. We got uh, fireworks. We've got that we're going to give away. We've got all kinds of stuff. So that'll be a good time. So um, so we're in uh, the part two, the battle to corrupt our credible Christian purity. So the handout should, should have a little football player on the front catching the ball. Do you have that one? Okay. Do you need that? If you need a handout, this is it. You're welcome. Belinda, thank you for all your help at VBS. I know. And you too, Sharon. And uh, you too, Mr. Nathan. And Ella. And Tegan. Did you enjoy VBS? Yeah. (laughs) It was a good time. I'm still singing those songs. I tell you what. I'm just... They're going... Really? That's pretty high praise. So we've had some good ones. So uh, it was a good one. I did enjoy it. It was good. Um, So let's go ahead and uh, read our text. Um, We're in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're talking about the battle to corrupt uh, our credible Christian purity. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're in... uh, Verses 5 through 12. So, actually, let me make sure I got that right. No, we're not. We've covered that already. So we are getting down to... Um, yeah, I got it right here. So, let me see. Oh, 21 through 33. Very good, Sharon. You are absolutely right. So, Second Corinthians 11, 21 through 33. And we've covered the text. I know we've slept since we've gotten together, but uh, for time's sake, I'm just going to pick it up in verse, uh, verse uh, 21 and run it down through verse 33. So, the Bible says here, Second Corinthians 11, 21, I speak as concerning reproach, as though we had been weak. Howbeit, wherein uh, <clears throat> soever any is bold, I speak foolishly, I am bold also. So we're really going to get some good information here. I speak foolishly. Uh, I am bold. Uh, I am bold also. So, uh, and then he goes into this kind of rhetorical response. He goes, "Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more." In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off, of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Uh, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, at night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches." 
Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forevermore, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under our... Uh, uh, Eridus, the king, kept the city of Damascus, <coughs> of the, I'm sorry, the, Ma- the, the Damascene, uh, Damascus, how do you say that? Damascus, yeah, D- Damascenes, yeah, Damascenes with a garrison, uh, I just like to say Damascus, right? Damascenes with a garrison desires to apprehend me, and through a, a window in a, in a basket <coughs> was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Heavenly Father, we just uh, ask a blessing to the reading and the hearing of your word. Thank you for the songs we sang tonight. Thank you for the great VBS that we've been encouraged in. Lord, thank you for the souls. Lord, we, I just heard of two salvations, one tonight, uh, one uh, this weekend, uh, uh, one um, uh, tally. Um, oh, gosh. Kelly Telly, yeah, led her brother-in-law to Christ, Lord, so I rejoice in that. Uh, Lord, we just thank you and praise you for the gospel going forth, people receiving the gospel. And uh, Lord, Lord, just thank you for your word, people getting discipled, learning the word of God, growing in faith. Lord, I pray, God, tonight as we look at this passage, Paul's being challenged. And uh, Lord, they suffer fools there at Corinth. And he's like, if you're looking for a fool, I'm a fool for Christ. And I pray, God, that that uh, we would really appreciate the testimony and the humility of the Apostle Paul. And, um, and Lord, just uh, the, the things that are recorded here and shared. I don't know that he thought this would be part of the record uh, that would be in the word of God. But it is here for us to glean from. I pray, God, you teach us all things whatsoever you've said to us. We thank you and we praise you and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so uh, Paul's being pretty transparent here. And uh, now just keep in mind, so what is Paul talking about? I kind of just picked this up in motion. Back in verse 13, he says, he's talking about the false prophets. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. And so, they have they have uh, suffered. They have allowed uh, these false prophets to come in and speak. You know a lot of things. Verse seventeen says, uh, uh, "You know that which I speak, I speak it not after the Lord, but as if it were foolishly in the in the uh, confidence of boasting, seeing that many glory after the flesh. I will I will glory also." And really, that's kind of a uh, he says in verse nineteen, "For you suffer fools gladly, seeing yourselves are wise." And that's not he's not confident them. He's really saying, guys, there's a lot of carnality going on, and uh, you guys are allowing these fools to come in and preach, and you're allowing them to, to, to act the fool, so I guess I'm going to join them. And of course, he's saying, I speak foolishly. I'm trying to, you know, but if you're going to make me compete with these guys, let me just tell you, this is what it's like. So uh, that brings us to point three. God's love is unstoppable, you know, and Paul, he really uh, he really addresses um, his love for God. So if you have your, your hand out there, uh, the love of God overcomes all barriers. And that's what we see in verses 21 through 22. Um, you know, he speaks concerning reproach as though we had been weak. Howbeit, wherein soever any is bold, I speak foolish that I'm bold also. If I'm going to be bold, I'm going to be bold in my weakness, is what Paul's saying. 
And so he's not behind him one whit as being a Hebrew. Uh, you know, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. Right? He's like, I, I can go toe to toe with them. Are they ministers of Christ? You know, uh, you know, I'm more. Now, of course, he's saying, I don't want to compare myself with myself. I've already written you that. But uh, if you guys want to compare notes, I'm, I'm more of a minister than they are. And laborers, I've, I've labored more abundantly. Uh, I've been beaten more times than they have. I've been in prison more frequent. Uh, and deaths oft. Right? So if, if that's what we're going to talk about, who's serving Christ, well, okay. Uh, I speak as a fool, but I guess I can go there with you. And, uh, and so you can understand where Paul's coming from. And, and so uh, the barriers that have been overcome is verse 21 is reproach Uh, he says i speak concerning reproach so he's saying the love of god overcomes that Um, religion right he's a hebrew of the hebrews his nationality and his ethnicity right he's of the seed of abraham so all of those things are listed there in verses 21 and 22 so the love of god overcomes all barriers reproach religion nationality and ethnicity um, and so just think about that for a minute. You know, God, God's love overcomes being reproached. These people were not giving Paul the love he needed, but it didn't matter because he had the love of God. And then he had the, and, and then you know what? God's love was better than his religion. He's a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's still taking a beating. Uh, his nationality, of course, an Israelite of Israelites. He's, he's of the seed of Abraham. You guys know the, 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 uh, um, his resume and his pedigree. It was all there. Um, and so all the barriers are broken down with Paul. He's like, you know what? Uh, all I need is Christ. And then point B, the love of God overcomes all obstacles. And this is this is a long list of things. Um, <clears throat> did I give you that list on the notes? Let me look at that real quick. Um, okay, so those are fill in the blanks. So the first one we see, these are the obstacles that, that love, the love of God overcomes. Remember earlier we talked about uh, God's love, God's crazy for us in the first part of the, the chapter. And uh, Paul's, he's so crazy in love with God that he's just going after it. He's abandoned all for Christ. So he says in verse 23, and we'll just walk through these, are they ministers of Christ? You know, I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. Right, His, he has labors in Second Corinthians uh, eleven twenty three, innumerable stripes in verse twenty three. Right above measure in, in prison, more frequent. Right, so he's been in, imprisonments in verse in the point three, uh, often in death's way in verse twenty three. I mean, his he's, life is in peril uh, quite frequently in verse twenty three. Um, he's been in the in the uh, he's been beaten with rods. He's been stoned thrice, suffered shipwreck at night, a, a day in the deep. Uh, he's been of the Jews five times to receive forty stripes. Uh, I mean, that's uh, save one. That's like two hundred. I mean, that's that's a lot. And so, uh, and so, one hundred ninety nine stripes from his own brothers. Second uh, Corinthians eleven twenty four. Beaten with rods three times. Um, stoned and left for dead at Iconium, Acts fourteen nineteen. Uh, that's the seventh one. He's shipwrecked three times. Um, he had night and the day in the deep, which is the, the ocean there, the Mediterranean, Second Corinthians eleven twenty five. On the road frequently, right? He's always on the road, like Willie Nelson on the road again, Second Corinthians eleven twenty six. Perils in the waters, verse 26. Uh, perils by robbers, verse 26. Perils of mine own countrymen. I mean, these are some obstacles. I think I'd have given up by now, but not not Paul. He's like, no, I keep going. Verse uh, The 14th number there, perils by the heathen. Uh, perils in the city. 
perils in the country. Doesn't matter where he goes, there's, he, it's perilous. Perils in the sea, uh, which I've already touched on that once, perils in water. Uh, perils in the sea, perils among false brethren. Uh, and of course, he's talking about those uh, those ministers of unrighteousness, those uh, those uh, false apostles, perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often. So that means he's sleep deprived, right? He's always uh, you know a watchman stays up in the night and, and is vigilant, and so he's he's often uh, going without sleep. Uh, that's number twenty, watchings often, and twenty one in hunger and thirst. So he's, he's not getting the nutrition that he needs. He's hungry, he's thirsty, and, and fastings often. So in addition to not getting the food, he's also fasting, which is an intentional deprivation to focus on spiritual things. And in cold and nakedness, Second uh, Corinthians eleven twenty seven. So that's quite a list, right? Uh, and uh, No problem. Let me... Okay. Where do you want me to start? So I'll start with number one. Laborers, two is innumerable stripes, three is imprisonments, four often in death's way, and five is a hundred and ninety-nine stripes from his own brothers, six is beaten with rods three times, seven he's stoned and left for dead at Iconium. Eight is he shipwrecked three times. Nine, he is a night and a day in the deep, or the ocean. On the road frequently is number ten. Number eleven is perils in waters, verse 26. And then perils of robbers is the twelfth one, robbers. Perils of mine own countrymen, he says. That's the thirteenth one in verse 26. 14 is perils by the heathen. 15 is perils in the city. 16 is perils in the country. Perils in the sea is 17. So I've kind of 11 and 17 go hand in hand. And 18 is perils among false brethren. 19 is in weariness and painfulness. Painfulness. You know what painfulness is all about. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, weariness and painfulness is 19. 20 is in watchings often. He was sleep deprived. In hunger and thirst is 21. Uh, in fastings often is 22, which is different than hunger and thirst because he's intentional about fasting in, in number 22. And fasting's often. And then 23 is in cold and nakedness. So he doesn't have appropriate clothing. So you remember in 2 Timothy, he says, bring my, bring my coat. Right? He's needing a coat because he's getting cold. Come before winter. I'm getting, it's getting chilly around here. Yeah, Ron? Uh, just, so, and this is just to kind of help share it out too. Yeah. You know, you're pulling those directly from the scripture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is there and the references are there on your notes as well. Um but I'm I'm happy to slow down and slow it down. That's not a problem. So, did you got any more there that you want to fill in? Okay. 
All right. Did you get them back there, Amy Joe? Okay. Whoa, look out. Okay. Now, in this room, let's not compare ourselves with ourselves. That's unwise. But, really, how many of, of us here in this room right now uh, would want to compare ourselves to that list? Anybody? Not me. Not me either. I think that's why I got put it there. <clears throat> right. Amen. So how much does... Why are you saying then a bad hair day doesn't count? Oh. Well, I'm just a little weary. <laughs> I'm afraid bad, yeah, stubbing our toe, all those things. Although that can feel pretty painful. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Being being a little groggy because it's raining. I need to stay home today. So, so um, you know, think about how much does Jesus owe us? Nothing. Nothing. He doesn't owe us anything. But you know what? We come up with excuses for, for things and... Uh, you know, just like I was saying this morning, you know, a lot of times people, uh, really a lot of times people, the only time they read the Bible is when they come to church, if they read it then. And, uh, and hopefully that's not the case at Heartland. Huh? Or when they get in trouble. Or when they get in trouble. That's true. Now, when you're a baby Christian, sometimes you don't know what to read. That's one thing. But but uh, for most of us, we we should know by now. You know where to start, where to finish, and and what the word and God's word will speak to us. So, you know we have a lot of excuses. Is the point? And when you look at that list, it just kind of all your excuses kind of evaporate. You know, uh, so no excuses, says the minister. Now get this: <clears throat> he comes to them and he loves them. He he wants them. He comes to them as I have espoused you to one husband. I want you to be a chaste virgin. I'm I'm trying to take you somewhere. And he's telling them, you know, I have a godly jealousy over you. I care about you. He's not coming in to, to control them, to manipulate them. He wants the, he wants what's best for them. And and he's also suffering greatly uh, for Christ's sake. And so, you know, are we ready to commend ourselves? You know, Paul was really reluctant. I mean, he was he was being very clear here. I am. I've got my tongue in cheek, uh, and you've kind of leveraged me here. You know, if you want to keep dating that that wretched boy, uh, that wretched false prophet, then you can. But I just need you to know that he doesn't love you like I do. You know, I'm your daddy, so to speak, spiritually. God's your father, but I'm here to help you, and you need to you need to listen to me. And so don't don't be boasting of how great a servant that you are. Uh, Paul didn't even want to go there, and he was a great servant. So I think it's a small glimpse of what we'll be feeling at the judgment seat of Christ. <clears throat> you know, with all of our mealy mouth whining and, and our unconfessed sin, it comes flooding back to our remembrance, and it, it'll be shameful. I can't imagine if I was a Corinthian, uh, some of the things probably that were being said and done and all of that, when Paul lays this out, like, what are you going to do? You're just going to hang your head in shame, you know? And uh, Amy and I watched a few weeks ago. I, I'd never seen the movie uh, Richard Wormbrand's um, "Tortured for Christ." You guys ever seen that? So you should watch that "Tortured for Christ." Richard Wormbrand. He was a, he was a Lutheran fellow, but uh, during the the communist era, <clears throat> in, when uh, the Romania was taken over by the uh, uh, the well the Russians after the Germans, Richard Wormbrand was uh, mercil- mercilessly 
uh, persecuted, and uh, they've made a movie. But in the movie, what's really neat about it uh, is it's not like you know Richard. Obviously, he plays a part in it, but uh, basically, it's a normal Christian life. These guys getting beat, and dying. His wife was in prison. Uh, it's just, it's just, and it's really summarized really shortly. It's a very short movie. It's only probably an hour long at the most, forty-five minutes, fifty minutes. <clears throat> but uh, uh, man, I tell you what, I watched that movie, and it's just like. But you know, I there's another. I see there's a missions movie out uh, that uh, I think the SBC put out too about the persecuted church, and um, it's interesting because when the persecuted church sees us, um, they don't see us. They they actually rejoice in our liberty and our freedom, uh, and they uh, the the testimony of some of the persecuted churches is you know don't feel guilty, be thankful. We we they they feel like you know what we are part of their victory. And so they're happy for us, uh, and we should be remembering them and their bonds, right? So it should be a mutual situation. It's not that we should feel guilty, but we should definitely appreciate the sacrifices that that uh, are made, and you, we shouldn't walk around, you know, going, "Oh man, I'm not suffering enough." But we should be thankful for the liberty that God's given us and utilize it for Christ, you know. And so when you get around someone like Ganesh from India. Um, wonky man you just you just sense that you don't even it's not even spoken this guy is so on fire for christ it's just convicting to be around this guy and he's doing it with people throwing rocks at him chasing him out of villages i mean he does not know anything but forward and and bold just like in the bible and so it's very uh it's very convicting to be around and uh it's encouraging as well and I think it would be like that to be around Paul, you know, although Paul was certainly gentle and kind. Uh, I think it's a glimpse of, of really uh, what it's going to be like when we get to heaven, too, and hang out with Jesus. So um, point C is uh, God's love covers our responsibilities. So as he gets into verse 28, Paul goes on to say, Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. I mean, so it's like, man, in, in addition to all that, <clears throat> God's love covers all my responsibilities. So God's love takes care of what comes upon us daily. I like the way Paul says that. You know, daily, Paul also had the response. In addition to all this, then I got the care of the churches. You thought you had a bad day. And, and God's love takes care of that responsibility. And it takes care of what comes upon us in ministry, right, in the church. In verse 28, you know, that which cometh upon me daily. Well, what is that? The care of all the churches. And so, of course, he wasn't the pastor of all the churches, but he took responsibility for the the churches. And, of course, in doing so, pure doctrine was one of the main things that he was responsible for. Um, And God's love in our life will remove other excuses. And in verse 29, he goes on to say, Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not? I think sometimes we get the the feeling that Paul was never offended or he didn't wrestle with human emotion. Uh, I don't think that's true. I mean, he gets smitten and, you know, he shoots off the lip pretty quick uh, over there in um, Caesarea Philippi. So uh, now I think he controlled his emotions really well. And <clears throat> Right. Yeah, he definitely gave his emotions to the Lord and... And God was able to use him, and that's why he was so quick-witted as well. God's word just dwelled in him richly. So, um, you know, we have these excuses. I was, I was tired. I was sleepy. You know, my brother offended me. If I had a dime for every time somebody gets offended and quits church, I, I'm tell you what. Uh, what's that? Oh yeah, for sure. And it wouldn't, yeah. 
So that none of that's an excuse. <clears throat> you know, Paul says, I burn not. I mean, is he not offended that the people he's invested in have turned on him? Of course, it doesn't make him feel good, but he continues to love, right? And he's got his responsibilities. That's, again, like I was talking about this morning, it's a mark of maturity. You know, he loves the brethren, and that's that's it. He loves them, period. Not because it's merited, because that's the, the heart he has. And so that kind of brings us full circle as we get down into, into, into really seeing... Uh, verse 29 there in verse 30 he says i must needs glory if i must needs glory i will glory in the things which concern mine infirmities and so there's really nothing that's going to stop god the god and father of our lord jesus christ which is blessed forevermore knoweth that i lie not i'm not even making this stuff up and damascus the governor under um art uh Artist, the king, kept the city as I as I couldn't pronounce it early, uh, earlier. Uh, Damascenes, with the garrison, desires to apprehend me. So he's going way back to the beginning, and through a window in the basket was I led down by the walls and escaped by, or escaped his hands. And so he's he's given an example of how God uh, protected him, and God took care of of what seemed like impossible, I mean, odds. It's like a movie. I mean, he's escaping under impossible circumstances. So God's covers our responsibilities, and God's love is unstoppable. So there's no sin. This is what's really cool. There's no sin that we can't escape. So back in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, you guys probably know this verse, uh, but I'm going to look at it again. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 the Bible's very clear. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. <clears throat> not that we're faithful. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. I just had a long discourse with a young lady. Uh, she's not in a member of our church, but she's connected to someone in our church over the issue of Job and his relationship with God and if God was just and all of these other things. Uh, you know what? God did not tempt Job above that he was able. God did not. He didn't curse God, and God didn't give him more than he could handle. He handled quite a lot. And in the process, God taught him a very valuable lesson. And Job's length was better off for it. And so there's no sin that we cannot escape because Christ has already conquered sin and death. And so the temptation is also there. That doesn't say you won't face temptation, right? I remember the freedom I found when, uh, when I realized I used to get so convicted over being tempted. Um, and because I had a false understanding of what it is to be a Christian, frankly. I carried that guilt for many years. And I was at City Union Mission actually preaching uh, when it really occurred to me. Actually, I think Randy Foster may have been preaching uh, that day. And it occurred to me that, you know what? The sin is not being tempted. The sin is is not escaping, right? And so your flesh is always going to be tempted, but you've got to make, God makes a way to escape. And he's never going to be, there's no temptation that we have to succumb to because God promises us so your flesh is your flesh. You know what? You put enough ice cream in front of me, I'm liable to eat it. But uh, you know what? I got to run. I got to flee, right? So uh, and so, you, the issue isn't being tempted. You just got to know. Hey, don't give your don't give place to the devil. So there's no cir- circumstance. Point two. I don't think you have a point two in your notes, do you? So there's no circumstances God uh, cannot deliver us from. And we've looked at Second First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, uh, but you see this example back in our text in Second Corinthians uh, chapter eleven. 
And having a garrison surround the city, uh, that's a pretty big deal. And yet God was still able to get him out of that. You remember this morning I talked about David saying, I ran through a troop. Right? God was able to give him a supernatural ability uh, to run through a troop. Look over at Acts chapter 9. Let's just look at that historically for just a moment. Acts chapter 9 and verse 24. Somebody want to read that? Uh huh. Acts nine twenty four. But there lay in wait the throne of Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Yeah. So this they weren't playing around. I mean, they were they were Paul's. They were wanting to kill him. Uh, they he was as far as they were concerned was a heretic, and uh, he literally was delivered from an army. So if God can deliver him from an army, a garrison, then he can deliver us uh, from sin. So if we're going to brag, we need, we need to brag about God uh, who has delivered us from all our trials. And that's the hope that we have. And you guys, you guys know Romans 8, 28, 29. Uh, but it goes on to say in Romans chapter 8, and you guys will know this as well, but I want to just read this in closing. What, sh- what, the- <clears throat> what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us... Who could be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that will separate us. There's not an army. There's not even death. And someday, each one of us, if the Lord tarries, is going to come to that day where we have to take our final breath. And nobody else is crossing over with you. It's a personal decision. It's a personal transaction. It's a personal day. It's with you and the Lord. And the assurance of that day that we have comes from the Word of God and the Scripture. And, you know, Paul lays it all out there. I think probably the biggest enemy that we face uh, in life is death. Right, and uh, and I tell you what, there's nothing like the Word of God, and it's like this army surrounding the city of Damascus. You know what? At the end of the day, uh, I was just sharing with somebody yesterday that that uh, has a kind of a troubled mind. I was visiting with them, and <clears throat> I was reminding them of what Psalm 23 says. You know, it's not that you don't aren't full of trouble, and it's not that there's not all kinds of darkness. It's the fact that God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, and until the day that God takes you through. You know what? You just got to you got to be satisfied knowing that this book is enough, and that even if your mind and your heart are unstable, you know what? God's word is true, and you don't have to fear what's around you. You just got to love God's word and uh, let it take you through the valley of the shadow of death, and fear no evil, because fear is a sin. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but power and the love and a sound mind. So uh, you know, seek God's peace, and He'll bring it to your heart. And so, you know, I'm sure as a human, you know, Paul says that, Paul wrote that to Timothy. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear on one hand. But on the other hand, uh, he was in fear of his life a few times, right? Because he was just a man. 
And so, uh, so Paul's not superhuman. He's just like us. But yet God gave him this super, supernatural ability to endure all things, to hope all things, to love and to have that love for the body of Christ. So that concludes our time. That's the, that's the, the battle to corrupt our credible Christian purity. And uh, next time we get together, we'll be in chapter uh, 12, finally. We'll break into chapter 12. So that'll be, actually, Jeff will be uh, the 11th of July. 11th. Yeah, I'll be here on the 17th. So, or the 18th. Unstoppable, absolutely. Absolutely unstoppable. And so we'll be in chapter uh, when I get back in in the t- in the pulpit here on Sunday night. I'll be back. I'll be in chapter twelve, and we'll be uh, making our way to the end of the book. So that'll be good. So we got about three chapters, four chapters left. So, um, <clears throat> all right. By my Bible, Second uh, Corinthians, chapter fifteen. So we're in chapter twelve. So three chapters or sixteen, I should say. Oh, I'm in the wrong book. No wonder. I'm in the book of Acts. I'm like, what? Sorry. So, uh, that's okay. It's been a long week and weekend. Yeah, chapter 13 will be done. So, so we got two chapters left. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to turn off the thing, then we can pray. I don't have prayer pieces tonight, so uh, those didn't get made up this week, but we'll get those. Uh, well, I'll get that back on track here. Pretty soon, I think with VBS, we kind of got behind in the office. So I'm going to turn off the recorder.